South Africa is in the grip of two pandemics, COVID-19 and gender-based violence. Now, this was the lament from the President, Cyril Ramaphosa, during his virtual address to the nation on Women's Day. Ramaphosa said that the reality for millions of South African women is at odds with the promises contained in the Constitution. He said that the opportunity exists, though, to build a country where women's rights are not negotiable. Busi Chamombe reports. President Cyril Ramaphosa has described the sad state of affairs regarding gender-based violence. Evermore women and children are being abused and losing their lives at the hands of men. It cannot be that this Women's Day is drenched in the tears of families who have lost their sisters, their daughters and mothers to violence that is perpetrated by South African men. This cannot continue. We can no longer as a nation ignore the deafening cries of women and children for protection, for help and for justice. Ramaphosa says significant progress has been made in supporting survivors from increasing the number of shelters and care centers to improving the capacity of police to deal with the scourge. He, however, said that enabling women to become financially independent will reduce their vulnerability, saying government will set aside up to 40% of public procurement for women-owned businesses. The first action is to expand the access of women to economic opportunities. We will do this, amongst other things, by setting aside up to 40% of public procurement for women-owned businesses. We now expect national departments in government to monitor and to report on how many women have participated in each public procurement process. They will have to develop clear plans on how they will broaden women's participation over the next 12 months. Ramaphosa also spoke of the need to give women greater access to productive assets such as land to ensure their economic inclusion. He says government will engage the financial sector to make funding affordable and accessible to small and micro businesses, as well as those in the informal sector. It will also ensure that the land reform process favors all historically disadvantaged people, including women. Of the 75 million rand in COVID-19 relief earmarked for farming input vouchers, 53% of the beneficiaries will be rural women. We must ensure that women, subsistence and small-scale farmers continue to receive support beyond the lockdown that we are going through now. At the same time, we will be calling on the African Union member states to put policies in place to increase women's ownership of land to 30%. The president says South Africa has joined Generation Equality, a global campaign to achieve gender equality by 2030. The country will be part of coalitions focused on economic justice and rights and gender-based violence and femicide. He says the campaign will give the country an opportunity to find solutions to gender inequality. 
And that was Busi Chamombe with that report. Now, on Friday, we were supposed to speak to the Deputy Minister of Justice and Correctional Services, John Jeffrey, about the scourge of gender-based violence. But instead, due to some miscommunication, we raised the issue of the announcement of the new ministerial committee to probe the PPE tender corruption. So joining us now on the line is the Deputy Minister of Justice and Correctional Services, John Jeffrey. A very good afternoon to you, sir. And firstly, apology for the miscommunication. Um, good afternoon, Elvis, and um, afternoon to the listeners. And yeah, no, that's fine. Happy to be back to be able to talk about these bills. Now, President Solomon Ramaphosa said on Women's Day that the opportuni- opportunity exists to build a country where women's rights are not negotiable. And this year's Women's Month commemoration comes at a time when the country is fighting the COVID-19 pandemic. So we understand then that the Department of Justice and Constitutional Development has reviewed certain laws and have developed bills. Now, that's in line with the 2019 Presidential Summer Declaration Against Gender-Based Violence that seek to improve the response of the criminal justice system to gender-based violence. So firstly, take us through the current legislation relating to gender-based violence and femicide before we get to that. All right. Well, the... um the main law that's used is the Domestic Violence Act, and that um, is a system where if you are threatened or being threatened by uh, somebody that you're in a domestic relationship with, that's somebody that could be living in your premises, it could be somebody you're having a relationship with, uh, that you can, and they're threatening you, you can go to court and you can get a protection order from the court uh, to restrict them from assaulting you or uh, intimidating you or threatening you or even living with you. If, if, they, if you shared a place with them, the court can actually order that they must be evicted. So that's, that's the existing law. And um, once it's served on them, if they break the order, then they can be arrested. So although the order is just a piece of paper, which when you're alone in your home with the perpetrator may not be of its own that effective, um, at least if they break it, uh, they're, they're, they're going to get themselves arrested. So that's, that's a civil remedy, not criminal, um, and that's the main, mm-hmm. the main remedy in terms of abusive relationships. Now, please expand and tell us more about the revisions and the development of the new bills to stop the scourge of gender-based violence. Look, with, with all three of them, the one is an amendment to the Domestic Violence Act, uh, trying to tighten it up, and I'll go through what those amendments are. And then the other two relate to the criminal law, uh, the Sexual Offences Act, the Sexual Offences Register, and bail, and, 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 and things like that. Mm. But firstly, with the Domestic Violence Act, um, uh, just a few things. Um, uh, it expands the people in the domestic violence to include the elderly, uh, it has provisions for online applications. So if you can't come to court, uh, you can go to a, a, um, a, com- a computer terminal, can be your own, can be somebody else's, and, and make an application uh, through that. Uh, there's a requirement of uh, specialized services having to be given to people who've applied for domestic violence, um, for d- domestic violence orders. Um, it makes it easier to arrest the perpetrator. Um, it's uh, easier to seize their weapon if they have a licensed firearm. They can't say that I need this weapon for work. Um, there's a mandatory provision. Remember I said domestic violence orders are, are um, civil law. There's a mandatory provision that if a weapon is used or the victim is, is, is injured, uh, that um, there must be a prosecution for that matter. 
So those are, those are some of the issues. Oh, the other aspect which is quite important and maybe a bit controversial is that if somebody has knowledge of uh, domestic violence going on, they have a duty to report it, and if they don't, then that's, that is a criminal act. Uh-huh. Uh, we want to do with that to try and stop the situation where people in a family know that there's abuse going on, but they all hope for the best and ignore it. Uh-huh. Now, that's the so domi- that's, that's, that's domestic, that's domestic violence. violence. All right, let's move on yeah. then to the criminal law, uh, where you look at sexual offences and related matters, the amendment bill of that one. All right. Uh, the Sexual Offences Act 1, um, there's a few um, uh, amendments in terms of a new crime of sexual intimidation uh, and um, the, uh, also the, the crime of incest has been widened. The main provision uh, is regarding the Sexual Offences Register. Now, currently, if you uh, commit a sexual offence against a child or a person with a mental disability, uh, then you, your name gets onto the Sexual Offences Register. And if somebody is going to be employed uh, to work with children or mentally disabled people, that register has to be checked. It's been quite difficult to put it into practice um, because of those limitations. Now, uh, with the amendments, uh, any person convicted of a sexual offence will get their name onto the register. So it's not just for a child and it's not just uh, for a mentally disabled person. Uh We've also then created a new category of a vulnerable person, and that is a a woman under the age of 25. It's somebody who's staying in a shelter. It's an older person, a person over the age of 60. And uh, the employers of people who are going to be working with vulnerable persons have to check the register uh, so that, uh, that the person's name is not on the register. So it widens the protection, widens the duty to go and check uh, whether this person has a history. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are the main amendments there. Also, um, there is provision, which we wanted to put out into the public domain for the, the names to be, uh, to be in the public domain. Um, The third one, then, is on uh, criminal and related matters. And, um, look, those are things like uh, currently uh, when a child gives gives evidence in court in a criminal matter, they can give evidence through an intermediary. This is now widened uh, in a criminal matter to to include an adult person if they're uh, under distress and also... um, allow an intermediary to be used in a civil matter, not in a criminal matter. Um, it tightens up bail for people charged or accused of, of domestic violence or gender-based violence. You can't get police bail or prosecutorial bail. Um, now, it, well, when this comes into effect, you'd have to go to court. Um, you've got to disclose in court whether you have a domestic violence order against you whether you're out on parole. Um, If you don't disclose, you've committed a criminal offence and you also um, can forfeit your bail when it's discovered. And, yeah, so those are... Mm -hmm. And then tightening up of of sentences. So it's it's changing things to existing laws, as I said, um, because what we've got to do is tighten up where we can and we've also got to make sure that the system is working better. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about bail briefly. So I understand that according to the Criminal and Related Amendment Bill, bail may not be cancelled. No, bail, bail, what I'm saying is it tightens up the granting of bail mm-hmm. and it makes it easier to cancel bail in certain instances. So the example I used was a person has a duty to tell the court uh, whether they have a domestic violence order against them. 
Uh, often we've had a problem where somebody has a domestic violence order against them brought by a woman. Uh, they beat her up in another court's jurisdiction and they get arrested and charged and nobody from the police or the prosecutor's side know uh, that they have this order against them because it was issued by a neighboring court, not that court. Mm-hmm. Now they have a duty, or with the amendment, they would have a duty to tell the court, I have a, uh, a domestic violence order, protection order against me. And if they don't, um, it's, I think it's criminal, but also uh, when it's discovered that they have a, a order against them, they can forfeit their bail, they can be arrested for misleading the court. Earlier this afternoon, we had a victim of gender-based violence in Mpumalanga, Nomsa Sabisi, that has criticized the police for failing to protect her. That was after they released her fiancé, who allegedly assaulted her in standard ten at the beginning of Women's Month. Now, he was released on a warning shortly after his arrest. So what you are saying, or what, you, what, what the bill suggests, is that this it won't be that easy for Mputi, for instance, to be released on a warning? Uh, no, it won't be easy for the uh, for the accused or for the suspect or the accused to be released on police bail or prosecutorial bail. Currently, in terms of the Criminal Procedure Act, for more minor crimes, the police can release the person uh, without them having to go to court. They get told to come to court at the next court day. And for more serious crimes, it's the prosecutor who can do that. And then the very serious crimes, they've got to wait in custody until they can get to court. What we're doing is elevating um, serious gender-based violence, crimes, assaults, to crimes that have to go to court. So you get arrested, you can't get police or prosecutorial bail, you've got to wait in custody, whether it's the weekend, uh, whether it's the next day, you've got to wait for that until you can get your time in court to ask the magistrate for bail. When we talked earlier about the domestic violence amendment, there was something that triggered to my senses. How does the bill therefore then creates this legal duty on any person to report domestic violence? Well, that's that's what's specified in the bill. Uh, mm. And um, it becomes a, if if you don't report, it's a crime. Uh, the state's obviously then got to prove that crime uh, if if the person is, is going to, the family member is going to be accused of not reporting. So they would have to um, probably lead evidence from uh, the victim themselves that they told their relatives. Um, maybe the victim's been killed by, by, um, by the husband. Uh, but if there's then evidence that, that the family were aware, that can be used to prosecute those people who were aware. Mm-hmm. Just lastly, uh, Deputy Minister, the government has also put in place a comprehensive package of interventions to mitigate the, the expected impact of COVID-19 on the nation. But does the new bills perhaps uh, extend, that will extend the course of fighting gender-based violence also include the impact of COVID-19 on women, for instance? Not, not specifically. Um, you know, we were very anxious during the, the high, the heavy lockdown period that people could still come to court and um, apply for domestic violence orders. Uh, so there isn't a, a direct link in these bills uh, to, to COVID. The system should be up and running. But let me also just add, if I can, you, you said it was the last point. Yes. These bills now go to Parliament. Parliament will then be, the National Assembly will be advertising them for public comment. Um, so I would really urge anyone who's interested um, to, to read the bills. They're now available on our Department of Justice website. Uh, uh, www.doj.gov.za 
and then to make submissions to Parliament or to the National Assembly when they're advertised. There are some areas that, that are controversial in the bills. We've decided to sort of put more in and it can, Parliament can take it out if necessary. It's more complicated to put in things that, that haven't been put in originally. I thank you so much for your time. That was the Deputy Minister of Justice and Correctional Services talking about the new bills introduced to make sure uh, that, uh, uh, that, it, that it improves uh, the response of the criminal justice system to gender-based violence in the country.